It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. As always, uh, we get, try to get John Garcia on every week. Always excited for it. We're going to talk about the, the quarterbacks, Tanner Mordecai coming in. We haven't had a chance to talk uh, to John about Tanner and what it means for the quarterback room in general. We're going to talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Badgers and get his take on what Luke Fickle's been doing here. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers, your team every single day. I'm your host, Ryan Herring. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do, as we continue to build this community. Uh, we had John Garcia Jr. coming in. Uh, he is Lockdown's recruiting insider. Always great when you can have uh, John on the show. John, what's going on, my friend? Happy New Year. Likewise, Ryan. Happy New Year to you. It's, it's a great time of year, and, and every time we come on, there's a new badger to talk about so it's it's been fun to see you know fickle and company hitting the ground running probably understatement at this point yeah john it's not even just a new badger to talk about every time you come on there's a new highly touted quarterback to talk about like i i don't know what to do with myself with all these arms um the new one since you've been on tanner mordecai smu's quarterback the last two years highly highly prolific thought about jumping into the draft and apparently had a change of heart coming to madison uh what were your thoughts when you saw this move well, I kind of understand him not jumping in the draft. It's a really strong quarterback year. Next year looks a little bit more wide open behind the uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams duo. But look, this is this is when you start to say, okay, it feels different now. Um, no disrespect to Nick Evers, great young talent. Ditto for Cole Crew, ditto for Marbury Motter, uncommitted un, un, un or committed guys who are still in high school. It's different when you bring in a guy that has 7,000 yards the last two years to, to his name and 70-plus touchdowns or whatever it is because now these are the transfers that you start to think about. Okay, when you look at, again, let, let's just go lofty with it. When you think of national champions, when you think of Heisman Trophy winners that have to deal with transfer quarterbacks, it's these transfers that move the needle. So uh, I, I think this is a huge get, a great fit. Uh, again, you, you talk about we, we talked about it for the last year. It feels like opening up that offense. It's guys who have played an up tempo. Here we go. It's all on me kind of offenses. And Tanner's played in three of them: Lincoln Riley's, uh, Sonny Dykes, and and Rhett Lashley this year. Three of the fastest offenses in the country with success and experience. Most importantly, with all three of those schemes, he's older. He's mature. He's He's played huge games. I mean, just look at this year at SMU. A lot of SMU fans will say, hey, we should have beat TCU. That was a one-score game uh, in early in the season. Uh, they took Maryland to the brink. This is a guy who has done it against Power 5 competition in the style of offense that we know Wisconsin wants and is coveting and is aiming for. So this is the type of trigger man that can change things in a hurry, not only – specifically in that quarterback room where now all of a sudden you're like there is no question who the guy is going to be which is a big deal when you're talking about a new coaching staff but now going forward does it help you with recruiting does it help you in the portal with other targets now it's it's more of a galvanizing type of impact i mean look at i don't have the the roster look at caleb williams before he committed to usc and after in terms of the talent acquisition these quarterbacks drive at a different level. And when it's a guy that everybody has seen and knows and 
you're like, if your first thought is one, he's really good. And your second thought is he still has eligibility left. That's, that's a good thing when you talk about talent acquisition, because now you're just a little bit more apt to looking at the Badgers uh, with Tanner Mordecai on board. So this is a really big deal right now and into the future for Wisconsin, because you've stabilized and kind of completed this total flip of the quarterback room, which was really synonymous with that perception that Wisconsin was just kind of not quite there offensively. So now personnel wise, you've wiped that out and completely flipped it in, in a few weeks, really. I mean, just really fascinating to see this, this all come together. You've got four new quarterbacks that are all mobile, uh, at least three of them, really all four you can design runs for. I mean, this is crazy. This is not, what we think about conventionally when we think about Wisconsin football. And that's, that's a beautiful thing for your audience. Yeah. There's so much I want to talk about here. I want to start here though. Um, you, you mentioned Mordecai um, coming here to Wisconsin. It's a, it's a heavy quarterback draft. How much as a Badger fan should people read into this is just another validation step for Phil Longo. Cause this, this is a quarterback that is obviously coming here to improve his draft stock. And he believes that he will put up a monster season in Wisconsin. Right, that matters, right? Because nobody would have batted an eye if if Tanner stuck at SMU with with Lashley one more time and improved upon his numbers, you know, over the last few years. But it means something different when you do it in the Big Ten, when you do it against those defenses, you do it at the Power Five level. It's going to mean more, uh, and that's something that obviously Mordecai has has bought into and bet on himself for. Uh, so yeah, that that really is a validator in and of itself because he's he's going he's not going there to bridge towards Nick Evers or whoever the next guy is. He's going there to win right now. I mean, and I think that's not only a buy-in personally and betting on yourself, but also with the understanding of hey, who who's around me? Like who will be around me by the time we suit up in 2023? And that's where I'm starting to think Fickle at Longo and these guys are like, hey, it's you know we're bringing in more. Right. We know there's going to be some pass catchers now that all of a sudden pop up more so on that Badger radar. And why not? You want to go play. Think of think of a receiver in a less advantageous position. Right. Mordecai is already one of those guys. You know, he's going to get drafted. He fits the modern scheme. What if you're a receiver who's on the bubble? And now all of a sudden you're like, look, this guy's going to have attention. I mean, even if he's not great, like think about Will Levis at Kentucky this year. Wasn't great, but still has a lot of attention. And a lot of those playmakers around him have now more attention because of it. Think of those type of of bubble players that are like, man, if I go here and do my thing now, I'm on the NFL radar. Or now I'm on all-conference radar. Or if it's an NIL play, hey, now I'm in a better position for NIL money. So this could be uh, the final piece towards – Wisconsin's eventually going to be good towards, hey, now they're going to be good right now. Like now we feel better about 23. And I think that could by itself bring in more players and help you bring in more. And again, I don't think a 20-something-year-old, I don't know how old he is, 24 probably. I don't know how a guy with that much maturity and experience through multiple programs doesn't say I will come but I need I want this to come with me maybe he's got guys in mind I don't want to speculate but you don't make that move without full confidence not only in the coaching staff but in that roster come opening day 23 so I'm very curious to see what that starts to look like now that the quarterback box has more than been checked 
Yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the the job Fickle has done and the, the bigger impact of it in the next segment. But I also want to go here because in the previous show we had talked about we've talked a ton about Cola Crew, we talked a ton about Nick Evers, you know. But those those guys don't have experience. Miles Burkett as well. Right. Is this feels like the perfect world where you get a guy in and then that younger group of quarterbacks can spend a year developing behind him, and then there's going to be a dogfight for competition. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect gap. Like you said, it's, he's not, he's not there to be a bridge. He will inevitably be one to whoever the next guy is. Um, so in the meantime, yeah, those guys are going to absorb a ton from him. And I think it eases, it eases the spring plan. Um, I think now it enables those guys to focus on development and focus on their deficiencies more so than I'm going all out. Cause I just need to be the guy right now it changes the approach or should change the approach to that quarterback room because now you you know who who qb1 is so i think it takes pressure off of longo off of fickle uh and those other players in the room because you you just know where you stand so now you could focus on growth uh, and improvement and if god forbid something does happen now you're better positioned to enhance those or to rely on those strengths because now you've developed them a little bit more uh so yeah it, it really changes the whole scope of of that quarterback room uh it'll make it interesting like you said thereafter right because now in theory you lose mordecai in 24 huge battle and the loser of the battle now hits the portal and there's this huge domino effect but that's okay that that is college football in this day and age it is a year to year deal but in this scenario you create a two-year deal with one player and i think that you talk about comfort. Now, now you're like, okay, we can focus on everything else as a coaching staff, as a play caller, et cetera. Now that you've got that, that box checked for the next two years at a minimum. Uh, so I think that's, that's just a huge comfort for Wisconsin to operate within, which is again, really remarkable when you're talking about the timeline of, of Luke Fickle, even being mentioned for this job, much less taking it grabbing his OC and overhauling the quarterback room in, in a matter of weeks. It's it's really impressive to see. I can't recall it happening this quickly over what three or four classes than what Wisconsin has been able to do. Typically there's almost a singular focus where it's like, Hey, we're all in on 2023. So you sign Cole crew, you bring in Evers and Mordecai and that's it. Right. But now you've, you've already checked the box in 24, uh, simultaneously which is really fascinating to consider but yeah the cachet of, of both fickle and longo i think is really at play here and this is about as good as it could have gotten for wisconsin fans i, I think maybe even better than you could have hoped yeah. for relative to the timeline i mean it's january 4th i mean it's it's unbelievable to see how quickly all of this has come together we've quickly shifted from are we going to have a quarterback to how many national titles are we going to win in the next three years? And the, the over-under is 2.5. Like we very quickly have gotten to that point as Wisconsin fans. Uh, coming up, we're going to, I want to keep this conversation going with John Garcia. We're, I want to ask him about something kind of specifically said and why Badger fans kind of need to adjust how we look at this position and recruiting in general. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season all the props, odds, and lines uh, more than ever before. And it's the place we go to for all of our betting needs, all of the, all of the betting information we look for, live in-game betting, futures betting. Um, they have you covered with every type of sport you can think of, everything from golf to volleyball, uh, racing, yeah, they have UFC, eSports. It's all there at Bet Bet Online. Um, 
And it's, again, something we use. It's simple to use. It's easy. They've been around for a long time. They're an industry standard, one of the pillars. Also a great place for futures betting, live in-game betting. I've talked to you how I bet with my heart on my teams, but I enjoy it. It's it's a fun way to ride with your teams, uh, win or lose, and put some money onto it, make it a little more exciting, do it responsibly, but a great way to spice up your, your weekend uh, and do some really fun look-aheads. Uh, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for all your betting information. Grab your mobile device, head to the website today. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Um, I do want to say thank you again for everybody tuning in, for John Garcia tuning in. We're going to get him back on the show. John, crazy busy time. We've talked about it before, but where can people find your work? Yeah, written work is at SI.com. And, of course, we even more, really, now on Twitter at John Garcia underscore JR. Come holler at me and uh, take down one of my takes, and uh, let's talk about it. I love it. All right, let's, let, I want to keep talking about the quarterback room and just the magnitude of what Luke Fickle has done here and Phil Longo and the entire staff. But I want to start with something you said. You, have, you, you mentioned you know someone's going to win the battle in 24, and then someone's going to hit the portal. Wisconsin fans have already been kind of talking to me about, oh, is Miles Burkett going to get a chance, the in-state kid? And I love Miles Burkett. Is Cole LaCrue going to get an opportunity? We love Cole LaCrue. But this is the new norm, and you have to be prepared for players you really like to, quite frankly, never see the field now. It is what it is, right? If you want to if you want to win at the level that Wisconsin believes it should be winning, and I think your audience would agree, you've got to approach it from a day-to-day mentality, a year-to-year mentality, and, and let the chips fall where they may thereafter. Who's to say, regardless of how good Mordecai and, and this offense is in 23, who's to say that battle in 24 isn't you know, good enough. And, and they bring in another portal guy and they're like, Hey, no disrespect to Evers, LaCrue or anyone else. Like we need another guy, another guy with experience to come and, and run this thing. Cause in theory, that inexperience will still be the biggest question mark for that position in, in 24. So you even have to be prepared for something like that, which is not unprecedented at this point. Uh, and look, good players transfer, good players lose. I mean, quarterback battles. I mean, how many Heisman Trophy winners transferred? Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, Jalen or Jalen Hurst didn't win the Heisman. Transferred Joe Burrow. I mean, it, the list really goes on and on. Caleb Williams just just did it last month. So good players move on, uh, and it's just something you've got to deal with. Uh, it's much more of an NFL-style approach. So if you're a Badgers fan, you're probably a Packers fan, so you're used to quarterback stability. But it's just not normal. I mean, look at every other team in, in the Packers division. They've dealt with that uncertainty year in, year out for the most part. So that's really the approach you've got to take from a from a high-level college football perspective. It is about the year to year. Um, you know, and, and it's not and it's not just for the schools that are looking to get there. It's for every school, even the schools that are there right now. Let's take Georgia, the defending national champs, who I would assume are gonna be the big favorites to win it. I haven't looked at the line yet. They've got a, a long tenured quarterback who's going to move on after this year in Stetson Bennett. There's a lot of talent behind him, but there's a lot of inexperience to the point where people are like, we'd like to see these guys battle it out. But what if we hit the portal and grab a guy? I mean, that's just the norm for every school at the top of the mountain and everybody trying to get there simultaneously. So 
it is it's tough. It feels different, right? It's not about that long-term development as much as it used to be. Um, it's still there in some cases, uh, but it's more rare than not because you've got to win now. I mean, even a Luke Fickle who has cachet, he's he's got a name, he's going to have some um, you know length on that leash because of that. Even even a situation like this that feels good now and better in the future, you can't hang around and go six and six for the next couple of years either, right? So you can very well you know you know see the door in, in a two year scenario even with all of these great, you know, optics that appear to be in the Badgers favor right now. Uh, you're not getting that four to five year window that you used to as a coaching staff. So it kind of trickles down in that regard. And the quarterback position is the one we focus on the most to where you, you've got to focus on that part of it while developing simultaneously. So yeah, it, it's just the nature of today's game every year. You should just take that snapshot of any room and, and take it for what it is for that year and try not to focus on, hey, two, three years from now, this guy's going to win the Heisman Trophy. I mean, he could be at three different schools in, in that stretch. So uh, it really is a hard mentality to shift towards, but it is the reality of college football today. And there's no there's no hint, Ryan, that it's going to go in any other direction at this point. If anything, it will become more in that direction than go back to the classic way. So from a quarterbacking perspective and a fandom perspective, you've got to take each year, really almost each semester for what it is. Even after the spring, we could see some movement here, right? I mean, that's realistic to consider. Maybe, you know, Evers transferred in thinking, hey, I'm going to be the guy for sure. I'm, I'm the most athletic of the bunch. I'm ready to go in this type of system. And now Mordecai comes in. How, how does Evers feel about that? I mean, I don't know how much you've talked about that, but that's something that I thought of when I saw Mordecai make the call. And when we see these these multiple QB transfer scenarios happening across the country, and oftentimes it results in one of those guys making another move. So even in the short term, you have to have that mentality. So take the spring roster for what it is and, and kind of go from there, I guess would be my advice to Badgers fans tracking it. But it's a good thing. It is, it's becoming in line in the modern sense, which is, again – was kind of the issue with Wisconsin, right? We were like, hey, they're going against the grain relative to what college football is becoming. And now this is a sign that they're overcompensating in the other direction. You'd rather go there than have to say, man, can we get more talent in this room? Right. That part of it, at least in the short term, will not be an issue. And you can't imagine it becoming one, even as there is some movement here going forward. That's really, really well said. Um, it, it, I find it interesting, too. We're about to see TCU play for a national title. We've seen Cincinnati um, – in the last couple of years in the playoffs. And now we're seeing Luke Fickle come into a program not known for bringing in quarterbacks. I, I kind of wanted to ping you here because I, when NIL first started, people quickly said the rich will get richer. Alabama and Georgia are going to buy everybody, Ohio State. It almost feels like NIL has given programs that maybe couldn't compete the opportunity to snipe at positions they typically couldn't get before. And it's almost leveled the playing field in some ways. That's a great point. It, it has. I mean – who would have forecasted in the last decade that Texas A&M would have a number one class in the country? Always thought they could recruit well, but a number one class over over Bama, over Georgia. I mean, that's that would, would have been hard pressed. But now it's attainable in theory for anybody. Right. Um, I mean, look at some of the schools near the top of the rankings right now to assume NIL isn't a part of it you'd have to be a little bit ignorant, right? Texas, Miami, Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma went six and six. I mean, this is 
it's a different era. So yeah, you're going to be able to close gaps in theory, in principle, more so than you've ever uh, been able to because of that. But yeah, I, I do think publicly or privately, which is where most of the NIL stuff goes down, it is going to be a, a positive factor for most programs. But it's also a reason why you, you've got to treat it as a day-to-day, year-to-year scenario because you're, in a lot of cases, recruiting your own kids as much as you're recruiting those in the portal from other schools or, or the high school targets that are out there. So it is it is an all-encompassing roster management situation and an issue in a lot of ways, but there's a lot of ways to step up uh, within all of that. Um, and obviously Wisconsin is one of those taking advantage. And it, it's starting to make me think that there's a little bit more NIL alignment than perception would suggest with a school like Wisconsin. It's just not as out there and in your face as it might be at AM or Miami or Tennessee or, or Oregon, for example. Yeah, that's a great, because I wanted to follow up with that, actually. So I, I love that you went there. This, to me, feels like, I don't want to overuse the word validation, but it feels like um, kind of a, a validating point that Wisconsin's NIL is at least up to a competitive park or bringing in a tenor Matt Mordecai. 100%, because the moment, you know, there's even a hint of a guy like that hitting the portal, right? Big, physical, mature, experienced, dual threat, gunslinger, comfortable in a fast-paced offense. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that in their quarterback room, especially if you're losing your starter from 2022 like a, a lot of these programs have, have been dealing with? Uh, so, yeah, I do think that's a part of it. Uh, again, does a guy like Tanner Mordecai need to focus on that as much as others? Probably not, but it does come up. You have to imagine – it does come up, even if you're there to up your own draft stock to to align with a certain head coach and or offensive coordinator who has been there and done that. Even if it's that simple, you know, on the back end, you're still going to be the on field face of a program for at least six months. So six months to a year. So I think that absolutely matters. Uh, and it is it is kind of a small tipping point. And hey, you know, this thing is heading in the right direction. And again, it's not just him that you've brought in, right? You, you've been hitting the portal pretty hard from a Wisconsin perspective. And and for every Nick Evers who's young and unproven and interesting, you've brought in graduate transfers and, and seniors and guys with a ton of experience who have played and, and have made splashes at, at their former school simultaneously. You can't satisfy both of those needs in the portal without some remnants of either current stability from an NIL alignment standpoint or future stability in that standpoint so yeah i think things are headed in the right direction in that regard specifically with wisconsin just based off of uh, their recent recruiting history yeah it's exciting stuff and coming up we're going to finish off with john garcia jr with one of those other graduates we talked about tanner uh there's a defensive back coming in too that i want to pick his brain on see what he thinks of another badger coming in off the portal but first today's show is brought to you by our friends over at built bar uh, I've talked to you about Bill Bar a lot. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat, all the calories, then you've got to try Bill Bar. And we've made it through the holidays. We've survived for the most part. Uh, I know one of my goals is to eat a little healthier, be a little healthier this year. If you're like me, um, you want to eat a little healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then I, we've got we've got exactly what you need in Bill Bar. Um, it's one of my go-to snacks going to the gym, heading back from the gym. My kids eat them. I kind of hide them, but then it's also kind of okay that they find my, my Bill Bar cash because it's healthy. And it's kind of a dad win. It's a hidden dad win in a world where it's sometimes hard to find those little wins, right? They get a lot of protein without the sugar. It's not a candy bar. And they think they're sneaking something from me. Um, but it's under my watchful eye. I see what's happening. 
and they're sneakily eating healthy, which is phenomenal. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can go to your local Walmart. You can go to Sam's Club. Uh, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. They've made it mainstream, but we were here on the ground floor. Pick up your four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box. Uh, brownie batter, churro, it's all there. Built Bar, you can thank me later. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, we're going to keep going on the show really quick. Uh, appreciate everybody once again tuning in. Bring John Garcia back on. Uh, John, the other uh, prospect I want to talk about, they did bring in a cornerback slash safety slot corner um, out of Boston College, Jason Matry. What can you tell us a little about Jason? What do you like about his game? I like that he can do a little bit of everything. Probably not elite at any one thing, but if you've got power five experience at corner, at safety, and at nickel, you can do some things instinctively and athletically that are going to put you in the right position at the next level. Another grad transfer type player, 30 plus starts at, at Boston college at all three of those positions. And, and it's not just a coverage guy, you know, he's, he's 5'10, 190 or whatever he is, but watch what he did a lot of this year, that Clemson game uh, and wake forest game too, two prolific offenses that are hard to stop. He was getting after the quarterback. I mean, this guy can blitz from the nickel position. He's physical enough to, to win one-on-one -on -one, uh, at the line of scrimmage and uh, against ball carriers. Just another guy who helps you in the margins, right? He, he's not going to be first-team All-Big Ten, All-American with 10 interceptions, but he's a guy that, you know, on third and six, he can cover that slot receiver that's got a two-way go. Or he can come down on a running back one-on-one -on -one in the open field and, and make a play. He, he's a very much a Luke Fickle Cincinnati type of, of fit where he could be a glue and a bridge to uh, younger talent uh, and get guys lined up with, with all of that experience. Um, this feels like a potential captain of the secondary type of move for Wisconsin. Um, this is a guy who didn't have to hit the portal. Again, uh, you know, starts since his sophomore year at Boston College, like back in 2019. So this is a guy who could have very well stayed and started and, and been the captain of everything maybe at Boston College. So for him to make that move again, you start to think of, is this about upping a stock? Is this about just trying something different? Um, so in a classic sense, I really like this upgrade for Wisconsin because he's a guy that will will occupy that nickel spot, in my opinion, and help you in the margins when you're playing these more wide open offenses that that are starting to become more prevalent there uh, in the Big Ten. So I really like this get both on the field and really even more so in the DB room for Wisconsin. He's going to help bring along some of the younger, more twitchy, lengthier players that Wisconsin is going to trot out there. That's, that's awesome. And it's one of those things, too, where Fickle came on board. We'll wrap up here. Um, pretty immediately, this, this 2023 recruiting class had six DBs, right? So he brought in a ton of DBs. He hit the portal for another DB. And he brought in, we talked about the four-ish quarterbacks over the space of a couple of years. Like he very quickly found two spots and really hit them hard. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you've, you've, you've got variants in there, right? Both from an experience and a timeline perspective, as you mentioned, 
and from an athleticism and and how ready are you today perspective. So I like that balance uh, that Fickle has has presented here for Wisconsin. If you're going to overhaul two positions quickly, everyone would have picked QB to be number one, and you'd probably have a battle for number two, but the secondary would, would be high up in there because it's just so necessary in this day and age. I mean, you, you want to combat Ohio State. I mean, th- that's the spot where you've, you've got to hit it, right? They've got the best receiver core every year, so – that's where you, you've got to try to match up. Luke Fickle, obviously, well aware in that regard. So, yeah, I think, again, the early returns are about as good as, as anyone could have hoped for. And I think balance and, and the ability to just move on to other positions because you're just done at this one will help uh, to narrow the focus there going forward. So, yeah, Wisconsin in the portal is, is certainly not a conversation we're done having. He is John Garcia Jr. We're always smarter when he's here. Uh, Locked On's College Football Recruiting Insider works for Sports Illustrated as well. Go check out his work. Uh, for everyone tuning into the show, really, really appreciate y'all. Thank you so much as always. John, uh, hopefully we get you back on next week again, and you know maybe there'll be another quarterback to talk about. Who knows? <laughs> 2025, baby. Never too early. That's it. On Wisconsin, we'll talk to y'all later. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.